With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself. Good old JR. Thank you very much and hello again, everybody. I'm good old JR Jim Ross. This is the original Slaubert Knocker Audio, hottest uh, podcast in Westwood One or in the world, or so my kids say. Uh, thanks for being with us. Fun show today. All the regular features. I think it should be a layup on who will win the Pet Coon Goofy Award, and we'll have that a little bit later. Uh, also, Slaubert Knocker of the Week. I think you're going to like that. Uh, and we have a great guest coming up, Drew McIntyre, one of the up-and-coming young studs, one of the great stars that's evolving before our very eyes in WWE. He'll be 33 years old next week. He's right there where he needs to be physically, age-wise. Uh, but what I'm wondering is, why is this run in WWE doing so well for Drew when his previous run, when he was much younger, like 22, didn't? What changed? We'll find out from Drew McIntyre a little bit later in the program. All our normal features. And by the way, uh, I want to throw this at you real quick. I uh, just got this in before we went on the air uh, regarding Amazon uh, Alexa. You know, the uh, it's, it's a cool thing, man, that we're able now to be involved with Amazon Alexa. So what you do, you get Alexa, right? You say, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross Report skill Alexa, enable the Jim Ross Report skill. Then the only thing uh, you'll ever need to say is, Alexa, play the Jim Ross Report. How about that? Hey, I like technology. I'm coming, kicking and screaming. I love it. And then as far as Google Home, uh, Google doesn't need to be added by a user. Just say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross Report. Or, okay, Google, Speak to the Jim Ross Report, uh, or, okay, Google, I want to speak to the Jim Ross Report. Uh, new uh, additions to our technological family. It makes it easier to access our shows. Always remember that we love your subscribing to our show so you never miss an episode. They'll be downloaded automatically at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I know there's some isolated sites out there that aren't carrying it yet. But that's uh, an issue that's way out of my pay grade. Uh, and don't forget, folks, if you can, it's really important. Uh, I'd like to shout you out here on the show by leaving us a five-star review. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's on my mind because, as Ernie Ladd would say, I'd rather fight a man than make love to a woman. A lot of things on my mind and a lot of thank yous as well to those that are supporting our Slobber Knocker My Life in Wrestling book. 
Uh, it's really doing well still in hardcover ebooks and especially on uh, the audio book, which I uh, had the pleasure of reading. Challenging but pleasurable nonetheless, and it's getting a lot of good feedback. So check out Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling. It will be uh, available at all Amazon uh, dot com amazon uk amazon australia uh, check out amazon uh, select barnes and noble stores etc amazon's a good no-brainer for you you can order the book today and have it tomorrow theoretically so uh, but thank you for it paul o'brien and i are going to huddle when i get to uh, the uk later in the month to talk about uh, the sequel to slobber knocker and there will be a second book and paul o'brien and i will be writing it so it should be a it should be fun and it's got it'll have some heavy duty stories to talk about and time periods to talk about as well uh the uh so check that out and by the way when i'm in the uk uh for inside the ropes with kenny mcintosh uh we'll have books there at all those shows uh whether it be uh monday june 25 in glasgow at the garage uh tuesday june 26 uh big event in newcastle at ashford's casino uh, a lot of good seats are still available there. Uh, we want to wake you guys up there in Newcastle. Hope you'll join us on uh, Tuesday, June 26th. Wednesday night, June 27th in Birmingham uh, at the Glee. Uh, also, uh, tickets are available. It's funny to me why the our shows in Scotland and Ireland are outselling the shows in the UK in the England. Uh, I, I was surprised about that. I'm happily surprised, but I know that there's plenty. Of t- there's some time left uh, for you folks in Birmingham. Uh, and in uh, in Newcastle to, to join us. Uh, on Friday, June 29th, I'll be in Limerick uh, at the Dolan's, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And then Saturday, the last day of our, our tour, will be in, in Galway at uh, Roisin Dove. Thanks to Paul O'Brien. I may have pronounced that somewhat correctly. Nonetheless, kids, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Q&As are always fun. And uh, great interaction, photos, autographs, all those things. Especially join us in Newcastle and Birmingham. And all the information you need, tickets, GAs, VIP experience, everything, you can find it inside the ropes.co.uk. Also, on my, my, oh, I want to thank the folks at West Virginia Power in Charleston. I was out there this past weekend. Their game got rained out. I stayed and, and met all the folks that had had uh, tickets and wanted to get an autograph and picture signed because that's what I was hired to do. And they were there to see me, and I was not going to let them down. Uh, but uh, the, we had a little rain out, but great hospitality. Uh, and I left some signed books uh, in Charleston uh, with the club, the ball club. And if you're interested in a signed copy of a Slobber Knocker, maybe a, a gift, Father's Day gift, whatever, uh, check out uh, wvpower.com. And my thanks to all those guys out there. It was a hell of a challenge getting back home, let me tell you. 16-hour travel day. I'll talk about more of that a little bit later. Uh, but right now, my thoughts on Raw. Uh, Raw was was panned a little bit by some of the uh, critics. I guess that covers a lot of ground, though, when you say some of the critics, because there's a lot of critics nowadays in every entity, it seems like, because people can be anonymous to some degree, or certainly faceless, or, or uh, whatever you want to say, on social media you could be you could be a fake you could have a fake account like the dude in philadelphia apparently had five of them for the 76ers what the hell is he thinking that doesn't make any sense that's insecurity foul that's insecurity uh but nonetheless i won't go there uh raw uh up against tough competition to say the very least my god game seven of the nba 
where LeBron James willed his team to a victory on the road against the Boston Celtics. And the Stanley Cup underway with the fabulous uh, Las Vegas Knights uh, involved as an expansion team in their first Stanley Cup. That's good booking, let me tell you. Good booking. So uh, but I thought the show, these holiday shows are booked a little bit differently than others. I remember uh, uh, being in Oklahoma City for a Raw on like the 23rd of December. And uh, didn't expect a big crowd. Didn't Certainly didn't expect a big studio audience. The, the crowd was good. Uh, I think the OU Pep Band came because I was in a match, believe it or not. Uh, Lawler and I, the king, uh, we, we had a match with William Regal and Lance Storm. Every time I see William Regal and Lance Storm, I apologize for having to perform with a cow on ice such as I. But uh, it was a match. Was it a throwaway match? Well, for the guys in it, it wasn't. But I guess in the big picture, it might have been more of a preliminary-like situation. But we closed the show, got a nice little rating, but we didn't waste anything until the major audience came back the next week. Everything kept you know, per- percolating. And I think that's what we'll see next week, too. So a uh, few thoughts on the show real quick. Seth Rollins is on a hot streak, doing really good work. Uh, he needs to continue doing exactly what he's doing, and he is going to be uh, where, where he exactly wants to be. Uh, his his issues with Elias, I'm, I, I want to see how good bell-to-bell Elias really is. I've seen many of his matches in, that are segmented, segments of uh, a singing, segments of heat, segments of but little pieces. I want to see him have a match with Rollins, and having great matches with Seth Rollins in a very athletic atmosphere can make Elias have much better perception than the uh, – the, the guitar playing dude that says, who wants to walk with Elias? So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that situation. Um, oh, by the way, Jenner Mahal and, and Rollins had a nice match too. Good, good solid match. Uh, I thought that the performance of Finn Balor against this monster Braun Strowman, uh, who's still being fast-tracked, he's still, being, he's still on target, but not too much. Small spoonfuls instead of shovelfuls on Braun Strowman. That big bastard is going to be the man, I promise you. But I thought that Finn Balor showed great heart, and for an undersized baby face, heart, courage, the will to compete and never quit on you is essential. And all those boxers are checked with Finn Balor. He's really, really good. I did not dislike uh, the uh, Nia Jack, uh, Ronda Rousey business. It didn't... Let me run to buy a pay-per-view because I'm going to watch on the WWE Network, but uh, I thought it was fine. I, I just it's a, it's a few weeks before you know you, you got you're dealing with two very unique talents. You know I thought they did fine, and I think that the booking of the match is still uh, on target. Uh, kind of think that well, I talked I'll talk to Drew Drew uh, McIntyre later about his match with Chad Gable. Uh, I think Gable's a little underutilized, but I really liked how they how Drew's being positioned. Uh, I think that Bobby Roode and Bobby Lashley, the two Bobbies, need to be heels. They, they, their persona makes me think heel first. And so sometimes when the average Joe like me or you look at somebody and we think villain, it's hard to, to get us to change our opinion of that personality. But I think in the long run, there's money in Bobby Lashley and Bobby Roode both as main event level heels in wwe 
the women close the show again on Raw. I'm going to ask Drew how the guys in the locker room think uh, uh, are thinking about the advancement and the proliferation, the upward mobility of the talented and athletic women on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I'm anxious for that answer. I thought the uh, there was a I kind of enjoyed the announcer banter. Uh, the fact that Michael Cole, because of tenure and his uh, position and so forth, the respect that he has with his announced staff, and he's in charge of them, is uh, very good. I thought he kept uh, Coach and Corey Gray's. Sometimes Coach and Corey are volleying back and forth to see who gets the last great one-liner, who gets the cap or the cherry on the Sunday, And it's just natural. That's not a knocking Coach or Corey Gray's. They're both talented guys. But there's there's the symmetry on Monday night sometimes seemed to be really good. Sometimes it seemed to be like it was a you couldn't quite find the strike zone. But uh, Cole does a real good job of, uh, of of keeping the rudder in the water. So uh, bravo to those dudes. Hey, look, I wasn't crazy about the barbecue segment because where the hell is Jr.'s barbecue? For the love of God. Uh-uh. Well, uh, anyway, uh, I'm kidding. It, it's entertainment. Kids might have liked it. Hey, how can you not have a food fight? They'll probably have another one on the 4th of July, don't you think? <laughs> so that's my thoughts on uh, Monday Night Raw. I was at home uh, with all my friends alone <laughs> uh, watching SmackDown Live. First thing I think of, uh, it was uh, I like the role that Paige is in. She is adapting to that role really, really well. It shows you that she's got a future doing other things with her verbal skills. I like her role. Good booking there. And she's doing a terrific job. She's one of my favorites, too, so I'll, full transparency. I'm not real unbiased when it comes to her. Uh, I like the dynamic between uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch. And what I like even more is that I get to think about them having a match for about a week because they're going to face each other on, uh, on, on, on SmackDown next Tuesday night. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. I think that, uh, you know, I've said all along, Charlotte is the, the, the tall, blonde, statuesque, uh, you know, the female version of Hulk Hogan. Uh, and I meant that in all confidence to everybody. Uh, she's the, she's, you can build a roster around her. And there are some, and, but you can't build a roster a cappella. Uh, you got to have health. And I think that Becky Lynch has somewhat gone off the radar a little bit because she's not been in a story. Uh, to any significance hope this will start one but she is a beautiful woman i was looking at her the other day and my wife always point this out look look at her cheekbones look at this my wife god bless her uh the outfits look at her boots her hair looks so nice jr yes honey uh but uh becky lynch's face is angelic and i just think that she's got on the cusp of doing something really really good she's that she's just a lot of fire toughness uh great look so uh, I hope that match Tuesday. I'll be looking forward to watching that one with a, with a great deal of interest. Uh, Big Cass had a good night. I said on this program before uh, that he needed to be more aggressive because there's no there's no demand for a, a seven-foot finesse guy. You know, uh, that would be like him playing in the NBA and wanting to shoot threes. Get your ass on the low block and play five. You're seven feet, for God's sakes. So – uh, Big Cass played like a four or a five in the NBA terms on Monday night. Uh, his big boot, his big bulging eyes, were, and his overall body English, much more aggressive. Uh, again, seven-footers cannot be finesse guys. Uh, 
that's just not how the role works. And it ain't going to change, I'm sorry to say. Uh, I like the conclusion of the match. Uh, all, everybody, uh, you know, everybody, uh, I thought, gained something. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I love, uh, you know, I love Samoa Joe getting that win over Daniel Bryant. Daniel Bryant never tapped out. That was not made clear enough to me, but he did. Uh, the referee stopped it because Daniel Bryant could not defend himself and was losing consciousness. It's that simple a story to tell. Uh, so, uh, I, I, I like that match and how the, how the, uh, ending, uh, came about. Uh, I'm a big Oscar fan. You notice all these notes and people think, God, just, he's gone crazy. These women wrestlers. Look, maybe I have because they're working hard. They're getting better. They're doing different things and they're taking advantage in a, in a very obvious enthusiastic way of their opportunity. And I like that. Uh, she's big time. Mandy Rose and Oscar had this match, right? And so I'm thinking, I need to know more about these women. And I'm not, not being a wise ass here. I'm talking about as a, as a TV perso- personality. So they need character development. And uh, I think that's what the, on the Raw show back a day, you could, they could do more of those on Raw, especially not, not for, or even for SmackDown, perhaps. You got three hours to play with. It might be something to think about. So uh, Naomi and Lana. Entertaining little dance thing. I got why they were doing it. It led to a match. I, I like that. It led to something. It just wasn't entertaining. Phil, it's good stuff. I'm big. I'm high on uh, Naomi, and the jury's still out on on, on Lana for me. Not not on her look, for God's sakes. I mean, you know, man, she'd make a guy write bad checks. But uh, I want to see how much how athletic Lana is because Naomi will bring it. Naomi should not have to lower her game to Lana's skill set. The onus is on the more inexperienced lady, Lana, in this case, to move up to uh, Naomi's level. And that's just going to take a lot of effort. Big game time. She's a Florida State girl, so uh, she's got to know how to to play in a big game, right? So that should be a good show next Tuesday night uh, with all that stuff. Six men, six six first mixed tags, so forth and so on. Uh, And the thing about – I was going to mention about Daniel Bryant. You know, when I first got into wrestling, I'm going to show you that things are changing, changing, changing. Baby faces never lost by submission. Very, very rarely. And Daniel Bryan, even though he didn't tap, it was still a stoppage. On his official record book, wink, wink, it'll show he lost by uh, a referee stoppage. So, uh, anyway, that should not be an issue. It doesn't bother me a bit, even if he had tapped out. It's real. You know, it's real. And I think fans are way past the old, well, he, he, he quit on us. He tapped out. He, he gave up. Well, you know, come on. Be logical. Uh, Couple of things else, a little, a little things here. Uh, clinched fists. You know, I don't understand why uh, the proliferation of clinched fists is like it is. It isn't wrestling. It's a shortcut. And here's the thing, folks. You mount somebody. You got them in the corner. You step on a second rope. You hit them ten times. It's always around ten times. It's never an odd number for sure. Maybe eight. Maybe twelve. Usually ten. The puncher never sells his hand from punching another per- person's face. And trust me, it hurts. If you do it 10 times, you can break your hand very easily. Secondly, there's never any DNA left. Hit a guy straight in the face 10 times, nothing. No redness, no puffy, no swelling, no nothing. So why in the hell would you want to expose yourself? Are your punches that lousy where you couldn't break an egg? So I think the overuse of punches with no, not enough selling and not enough evidence just doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying 
that every time you use a punch, somebody should get juice at all. There's got to be more to it than what we're doing. It's become a it's become a a segue spot. It's become a transitional spot. The big punch stops everything for a moment, and then we start back over. I just think it's lazy, and and I I think it's a, an expose overuse of punching, not punching at all. Overuse of punching. Secondly, my pet peeve would be uh, why people think that having a time limit in wrestling is too old school. Look, they're using the same goddamn ring they've used forever. It's a 20 by 20 foot square or a 18 by 18 square or a little TV ring, 16 by 16 square. They ain't changed the surface how they wrestle. The ropes are still three ropes. Things are in place. Like in football, the field's going to be 100 yards long, the playing field, 100 yards. Ain't changing. Unless you're in Canada, no worries. Their game's different. So, uh... I don't understand why time limits can't be used because, number one, it adds drama to a match. Number two, it will give you a finish that you're currently not using whatsoever, a time limit draw. That can lead to something, lead to something in five more minutes, lead to something next week, more time. There's ways to intelligently book a time limit draw. And right now, that option is not used whatsoever. I wonder if those kids, uh, uh, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and their their crew – uh, I wonder at their show uh, all in on September 1st in Chicago if they will use time limits. Knowing these kids and their background, and especially Cody, uh, I bet they do. I bet they do. Because if you don't, why couldn't the guys wrestle all night? We, again, we expose stuff. It's so stupid by, by doing that. Uh, I'm happy to see that WWE has uh, uploaded Mid-South Wrestling uh, – and circa 1984, there's some good stuff there, pal. Good stuff. Check that out on WWE Network. Uh, I'm so happy that it's there. That stuff is there. It's a big. Uh, it's a. I have, you know. There's here's the deal. I have, there's a lot of those tapes I never saw. Those matches, those shows. Same for WWE. I was so damn busy. I didn't go back and look at all my work because I'd normally thought I sucked, and my massive ego wouldn't allow me to watch my own stuff. So. Uh, I uh, am really excited that Mid-South stuff is on there. Six segments, five commercial breaks. The show had symmetry and logic. And remember, it was the sole driving engine to sell tickets on the weekly events. That was the name of the game and the only game. It wasn't pay-per-view. It wasn't merchandise. It wasn't uh, social media. It was simply to sell tickets. Okay, so there's that. Oh, by the way... uh, Things are doing well. Thanks for asking about our uh, – and some of you that sent questions in to the uh, sites at my show's mail uh, email, which is uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com, uh, asking about J.R. and the King. If you are interested in in, uh, in your area, if you're involved in a – you own a business, own a, 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 a venue, uh, you're involved in a, in, a, in a promotion of some sort, uh, and you are interested in what we do, what we're going to do, you know, I'm not saying that we could fill every obligation, or every uh, uh, every request, I should say, but let us know if you got a venue and a marketplace with a you know some friendly media and so forth to help us promote it, uh, and just send us some information at uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. We're going to be on uh, Thursday, August 16th at Zanies in Nashville, and Thursday, August 23rd, Zanies in Rosemont. Plenty of uh, VIP and general mission tickets are still available for these uh, this no host bar Q&A with J.R. and the King. 
And for more info and to buy your tickets, which is very important to Jr. and the King, go to zanies.com for tickets and information. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my feeble-ass mind. I mentioned to you last week that we were having meetings. This world loves meetings, ladies and gentlemen. They love emails. They love conference calls. They love everything about communication, and so do I. We were talking about doing some business with Omaha Steaks. I've been using Omaha Steaks as uh, gifts, uh, holiday weekends for years. I mean years. And it used to be that when I was at WWE, uh, I made those that were going to get me a the obligatory Christmas gift. Gosh, JR, I'd like to. What can we buy you for Christmas? You got what can you buy? The guy's got everything. And I would say very simply, Omaha steaks, because I got a lot of stuff, and I like to eat. You can tell me looking. So uh, with Father's Day just around the corner, folks, uh, and you're trying to find the perfect gift, like they tried to find for OJR. What do you do? He don't need a damn tie. He don't need. He don't buy clothes. Don't buy shoes. Most usually it doesn't fit, and they're not going to tell you they don't like it anyway. Uh, get him some Omaha steaks for your dad. Uh, and I'll tell you, if your dad likes to grill, uh, doesn't want the hassle, the ordering, the uh, heating up the kitchen, all that good stuff, this is it, man. This is I got great. I got so you're going to thank me so fervently when I read this commercial to you. Well, I'm going to read it because I know what it is. Uh, I sir, I had uh, Sunday, no Monday. Monday was Memorial Day, right? Yeah, and I went to the office of line coach. Uh, Bill Biedenboe's home in Norman, my neighbor. And I took with me a 72-ounce king-cut sirloin. And I can't tell you how many we served, like five people. And I brought steak home with me. It's still in my fridge. I had some this morning for breakfast with uh, potatoes and eggs and that uh, that big sirloin. God almighty, I'm living. So uh, I had, and I was the head of the party. That 72 ounce is like a, a monument. People are taking pictures of the damn thing. Then the week before that, I had company at my house and I had a 48 ounce T bone for two on my grill. I think I tweeted out a picture of that. Uh, and I'll tweet out another one. But it's just great stuff. Well, I use these, this and I, so it's not just, oh, JR trying to sell something a couple of bucks. Of course. Hell yeah, I'm trying to do business. But I want to do business with good people. These are the best people in what they do in the world, by none. It's a convenient. They're going to deliver hand-trimmed steaks right to your front door in a cooler. I've done this so many times I got this memorized. Uh, there's a great variety. You might not have known, but they got pork, poultry, veal, lamb, bison, seafood, and vegetables. Aha. So the vegans can tune back in. Quality. Highest quality. I've never had one single problem with Omaha steaks in my entire life. Knock on wood. And the customization is something else that a lot of people don't realize. That Omaha steaks uh, gives you the op- option to customize your cuts for your dad's grilling needs or your grilling needs. Find recipes, uh, all kinds of wine pairings. Great information there from Omaha steaks. So here's the here's sort of the bottom line of Stone Cold would say. Uh, right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to my listeners for Father's Day. So you don't dilly dally, you know, move along here because it's going to be here before you know it on June 17th, 78% off 
It's an amazing offer. And I thought, that's got to be a misprint. 78% off this deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, type JR in the search bar, and get uh, this amazing offer, folks, for Father's Day uh, from Omaha Steaks. And here's what you get. You get two tender filet mignon, Mm. two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks. Are you kidding me? Two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, and they are so good you can't sit still and eat them. Four gourmet jumbo franks, the stars of your grill. No kid's going to turn down a jumbo frank with a nice bun and maybe even some JR's mustard. Twelve ounces of all-beef meatballs. Mm. One pound of steakhouse fries. Four caramel apple tartlets i should make a song out of this and a part uh and one omaha steak seasoning packet plus you get four more grill ready omaha steak burgers free with the purchase now that's a hell of a load that's a lot of meat you can make a lot of family members happy and dad will be smiling for weeks again get this limited time package for only 49.99 well your daddy's gonna give you a hug so big or your husband or your uncle, or your granny. I'm telling you, whoever gets this is going to love you for it. Simply go to omahasteaks.com, type in J-R, and reach on the search bar, obviously, and add Father's Day package to your cart. And I, I, I love this deal. i got to think this is going to be a long-time uh, relationship with me and Omaha Steaks because, hell, I order enough to keep them in business. Well, whatever you do, don't wait. It's forty nine ninety nine, a great price, 78% off. This offer will end soon, obviously. Uh, simply go to omahasteaks.com, type JR in uh, the search bar, and then grab Daddy, head to the grill, and get it on. <laughs> Moving right along here this week, uh, Slobber Knocker of the Week time. You know, I, I uh, have, there's a lot of good candidates for this. A lot of guys, a lot of people, uh, a lot of teams had good weeks. Uh, you know, we can certainly talk about LeBron James. In the conversation as the greatest basketball player in the history of the NBA, Michael Jordan aficionados will disagree with that. I don't know who the best player of the NBA is in all, of all time, but how do you how do you really quantify who is? It's a personal opinion, isn't it? It's like saying who's the best wrestling heel of all time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys you could nominate that would have a valid chance of being that person. But LeBron is uh, doing things that nobody else I don't think could do to his level. He's 6'9", 260. He can play point guard. He can play shooting guard. He can play shooting forward, power forward, or hell, he can play inside if he needed to. There's, he can play every position on the court and play him very well. Uh, and when you have a 6'9", point guard starting everything off, it's a little crazy. So uh, I don't think that LeBron's prowess, maybe with some divine intervention, the Cavs can overcome the loaded uh, Golden State Warriors. But uh, it'll be fun to watch. I wish LeBron and his team the very best. I still look at my uh, LeBron signed basketball pretty much every day when I go in my office. Good kid. So LeBron had a great week. Uh, winning in Boston ain't easy. And, uh, of course, the Celtics are going to be back uh, next year with a, still their young team, and they'll be right in the hunt, no doubt. The key thing is, where's LeBron going to be next year? Well, my OJR's take on LeBron is this. 
I think it's going to be very challenging for the Cleveland Cavaliers to retain the services of King James. Uh, there, King James added to Houston. King James, what if King James went to Boston? But Houston seems like a place to, to go with Chris Paul and James Harden. One thing's for sure, LeBron will make Harden play better and play stronger and play tougher. So that might be a destination. Bottom line, as Stone Cold would say, is I don't see LeBron back in Cleveland next year. But he's here now, and it'll be fun to watch him in the NBA Finals. I was very intrigued by the story of the 22-year-old Malian native, uh, Mr. Gossama. Gossama is his last name. And I'm not going to, to thunder and pillage his first name. Uh, but the guy, the guy that climbed the four store stories in Paris – uh, to save a four-year-old who was dangling off a building, of a balcony. Uh, they've nicknamed him Spider-Man. The president of France has made him a, a citizen of France. He's got a job as a fireman. It's amazing when you do good things for people that without thinking about yourself first, the positive outcomes that can come, not only saving a little boy's life, but maybe for this gentleman who's only 22 years old, establishing him a good life as well. It proves that the more good things we do, I think the better our chances are of having good things come to us. Another slobber knocker of the week candidate, Las Vegas Golden Knights, doing an amazing job out there, uh, expansion team in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, and by the way, there's a WWE connection there. You know, uh, Golden Knights uh, VP and producer of uh, talent entertainment presentation, uh, Johnny Greco, is a former WWE producer. Uh, and he's uh, he's uh, a big shot there, man. He does great things, and that's why their their games are so fun to go to. Uh, Johnny's got his fingerprints all over it. It's a very it's a pr- presentation, and I'm really proud. And I hope to do some voiceover work for the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, sooner than later. How's that for a scoop? And the slobber knocker of the week is the young man I met in Charleston, West Virginia, on Saturday at our VIP meet and greet uh, before the rain out. Uh, that has cerebral palsy. Uh, little guy's 12, 13 years old, I'm guessing. Uh, we're going to find out more about him because we've got a story started here now. Uh, he, wanted to be, he wants to be a broadcaster. And I sensed by what he said that there were some, uh, maybe his you know, kids could be cruel as hell, bullies, just ignorant. Uh, a lot of people laugh at his, uh, apparently, or don't, think he, don't have a lot of confidence he's going to be a broadcaster. And I'm just the opposite. I said, you cannot believe what others say about you. You cannot allow others to set your high marks. That's for you to do. As long as you believe you can be a broadcaster, young man, you can do it. Don't allow anybody else to interfere with you or intrude on your life to stop your dream from happening. I know that uh, Chicago White Sox play-by-play TV announcer, Jason Benetti, another positive example uh, for others, he's also got cerebral palsy, and he's building a career as one of the top play-by-play men in all of Major League Baseball. I think uh, Jason's going to reach out to my little lad there in Charleston. I'm sure I'm going to follow up, but it's just heartwarming to see uh, how uh, others can be cruel, bottom feeders that don't that haven't found success and don't have the motivation to seek it. Why would you put hobbles on a kid that's got? cerebral palsy that has one goal in life that's to be a broadcaster i don't get it so young man i'm for you and anything i can do for you i will and that maybe i'll give you some 
I'll tutor you somewhere down the road. But I love these kids uh, that don't want to quit. My wife told me one time, you turn your jersey in, you're off the team. You're right, honey. I ain't turning my jersey in either, by golly. So uh, good luck to that young man. Also, hey, uh, almost sovereign of the week was the – I had the best store-bought biscuit in my whole damn life in Charleston at a place called Tudor's. And, hell, they're everywhere. The biscuit joint, right? My God. They're, they are the best store-bought biscuits I've ever had in my life. And I think that the president of Tudor's should seek me out as a spokesman for his brand. If nothing else, send a brother a box of biscuits. A man's got to eat. And, the, oh, I'll, by the way, uh, the video of me throwing out the first pitch where I used my vaunted knuckleball, it's out there. It's out there. Uh, you know, I threw it from the women's tee, but what the hell. Uh, it's the first time I threw a ball in 20 years. But it, it actually got near the catcher. My, my, I have more shit on my ball than Joe Nuxall. And that's the Sovereign Knocker of the Week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon to cut into the this is always one of my favorite times of our program because it's time for me to award the very uh, impressive and uh, famous, well, soon to be, a Pet Coon Goofy Award. The Pet Coon Goofy Award this week, ladies and gentlemen, it could have gone to a lot of people. It could have gone to that idiot, the father of that kid that was hanging from the balcony in Paris. And uh, he was uh, playing Pokemon at a store. Are you kidding me? His wife was out of town. He's left to watch the four-year-old. So here's the deal with him. They say he may go to prison for two years. I, you know, so no, no, you, it brings a tear to a glass eye, right? I think he should be castrated. Castrate the bastard. If that's the kind of parent he is, he don't, don't give him any more chances to, to uh, reproduce. That's my suggestion. Uh, I had a 16-hour travel day thanks to Delta. I turned to like Delta, but uh, it was a little struggle. When my flight was canceled in Charleston, that uh, Raphael Morphy, my ace road producer, and I drove three hours to Columbus, Ohio, so I could fly back to Atlanta and then to Oklahoma City. So I was supposed to be on at 1030 in the morning. I got home at uh, 7 o'clock at night. Uh, no, 1030 a.m., and I was eight hours, nine hours late. It was terrible. But Delta, I love you still. Don't worry about it. I'll fly you again sometime. But here the deal's this. Let's cut to the chase here. Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to Roseanne Barr. How could it go to anybody else? She got canceled by ABC, as many of you know. Her show was getting great ratings. It premiered with 18 million viewers. Uh, it looked like it had found a gold mine. Uh, I heard the, the estimate of how much money it was going to lose by the cancellation uh, for advertising was around between 35 and $50 million that ABC uh, cut loose from. And it also cost a lot of really talented people their jobs. That's what is really irking to me. But she made a late-night uh, racist uh, Twitter post and uh, that will not be repeated here. Uh, I, I like the show, as a matter of fact. It kind of reminded me of the old days. And, and Roseanne is like a, a dozen women I've met in my lifetime, very outspoken, very strong. Uh, but you can't, you can't uh, let this pass. It costs a lot of people their jobs, as I mentioned. Uh, it's just total lack of judgment. Uh, maybe maybe we should have sensed that when she married Tom Arnold, for God's sakes. How smart was that? In any event, nobody's bulletproof, ladies and gentlemen, not even Roseanne. And I can tell you this. I was a 10-year Ambien user. I was a 10-year, a decade-long Ambien abuser. 
and I have I have since several years ago. Uh, my wife saw me through these uh, troubling waters, and no more Ambien, and no more Xanax, and no more. So therefore, I'm not mixing with alcohol. And uh, but the Ambien can make you do some funny, funny things. If you look up Ambien in the medical dictionary, it's a temporary, uh, di- temporary uh, medicine for uh, insomnia. Temporary is the key word here. Not ten years, Jr. Well, it can't hurt me. I'm, I'm tough. It can't hurt me. Well, it made Roseanne do some funny things. Could make you too. So be be leery of that. There are meds out there that are not opiates, that are not habit forming, that will help you sleep. Trust me, uh, this I know. But right now, this week, Roseanne Barr is the winner of the Pet Coon Goofy Award on the Jim Ross Report. Strategy my Oklahoma ass. Well, it's time for this week in wrestling. A somewhat slow week for us, but some pretty good stuff here. Uh, looking 36 years ago, June 4th, 1982. The site, Texas Stadium. The man, Fritz von Erich. Gordon Silvey there. Uh, Fritz von Erich retirement show at Texas Stadium in Irving. Uh, Fritz defeated the then-champion King Kong Bundy. King Kong Tunnage, as Ernie Ladd would call him. King Kong Tunnage. You know I gave uh, Bundy that five-count daily his gimmick? Watts is going to bring him in wants to make him different I said why don't you have him where he's so powerful he's so strong he's so confident and he's so huge that he'll beat people with a five count not a three count so he's really going to put them away so the five the, 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 he did the five so Watts liked that idea and and it worked and I think I think King Kong Bunny still uses it to this very day when, he's, when you see him in the ring time to time in any event big show there in Dallas uh, Andre the Giant was on the show Nothing unusual about that. Uh, Kerry Von Erich defeated Harley Race in a no disqualification match. So talent was the card was loaded, and I would say it might have been two of the more challenging cardiovascular athletes in the history of a man event. Peppy Fritz, past sixty probably, and a big old King Kong Bundy. Ernie Ladd would say about Bundy, Bundy, you're stealing from the man, Bundy. You got to give him more effort, Bundy. <laughs> he Ernie rode King Kong Bundy's ass hard because he knew we needed to get him to the next level. He was money for Junkyard Dog and others. Uh, Eighteen years ago, uh, two guys became hardcore champions on opposite brands on opposite programs in the same night. As uh, my buddy WWE Hall of Famer Jerry Briscoe from Blackwell, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State alumnus. Uh, he defeated the late Crash Holly to become the WWF at the time, hardcore champ. While Eric Bischoff over on Nitro defeated Terry Funk, of all people, to become the WCW hardcore champion. So uh, a couple of guys are friends of mine. became hardcore officially on that night. Uh, oh, there's one more thing I want to hit here. Hear my favorite rattling? Five years ago in uh, Impact Wrestling at the same anniversary, in Boston, and one of the better uh, women's matches of all time that I've seen on TV, but I shouldn't be surprised because Gail Kim was in it. Gail Kim is so damn good. She's smart. She's beautiful, talented, uh, big time. Whoever Impact's got a, a, a winner in her, man. She's helping with the uh, knockouts. She's a keeper, big time. Hall of Famer, in my view, uh, on several levels, several companies. Love Gail Kim. 
June 2nd, 2008. That would be about 10 years ago. One-night stand pay-per-view at the sold-out San Diego Sports Arena. They used to say basketball there years ago, right? Uh, Edge defeated Undertaker in a TLC match to capture the world heavyweight title. And uh, there was a lot of outside interference for that. A lot of skullduggery. A lot of Jezebelness. Because Vicky Guerrero was a GM. And boy, what a, what a great GM she was. If Paige can be close to as good as Vicky was in that role, then uh, Paige is going to be very, very happy with her future. So that was an interesting night there in, in San Diego. Well, that's it for this week in wrestling. But, yes, we have birthdays. I love birthdays. I wear Gucci shoes. I have thick glasses. I love Connie and those massive cheeks. What I could do with those. But I love birthdays, especially when I get to blow out the candles. Well, nothing subtle about that, huh? Uh, birthdays this week. Jake Roberts for 63 on Wednesday. Congrats to Jake. I'm sure somewhere down the road, somebody probably had a poll that, oh, Jake wouldn't make it to 60, much less 63. I, for one, am glad that he is. He's on the road a lot. Follow him on Twitter and uh, go out and see his shows. He's a great storyteller. You have to be hard-pressed to find somebody that could uh, do a more dramatic and, and scary promo. And I think that part of that was he draws from his upbringing. He drew. He draws from his doing the promos from who he was as a young man and what he lived through, and it it, it really gave him the ability to to share pain, and anger, and danger. So check out Jake on Twitter and on the shows. Uh, second generation lad Cody Hall, Scott Hall's son. Hey Chico, twenty seven years old, big kid. I haven't heard much from from Cody lately. Uh, but nonetheless, we wish him a happy birthday. Vampiro, I wish I'd have got in on Vampiro's stuff earlier. I saw an angle that they did with him a year or so ago with on the Lucha Underground, where my friend Krista Joseph works, and uh, he was he was you could tell he was a piece. He's a really good, talented hand. His timing, crowd psychology, but the timing, don't get in a hurry. Make everything mean something. He was he was really good. So I I tuned into his stuff later in his career, but uh, something to check out on YouTube or something. Vampiro, very talented dude. Uh, Ross von Erich will be thirty years old. Can you believe that? On uh, Friday, June first, that's Kevin von Erich's son. They live in Hawaii, and of course, uh, uh, Ross and his brother Marshall are an outstanding tag team, and they work for Jerry Bostick's World Class Revolution Wrestling. Check them out on Twitter and on Facebook little Oklahoma-based promotion that does a great, great job uh, that shot their TV pilot uh, a couple weeks ago in El Dorado, Arkansas. So we wish them the very best. Pulling for all these companies to do good. And uh, Cowboy James Storm, his birthday. Boy, this guy, I don't understand why he's not being booked more in a like, WWE-type level. He's a hell of a hand. He's in great shape. He can talk. He can work with anybody. And he's only, and right now he's at the age where he could coach and teach guys at 41. Hell of a free agent for somebody to jump on. Uh, Lex Luger will be 60 this weekend. Congratulations, Lex. Uh, WWE champion AJ Styles. I like when Renee Young introduces AJ. My guest at this time, AJ Styles. 
because she has a smile on her face, something I can't do. So, no, I'm not jealous, but I just I love the way she introduces AJ Styles. Kind of cute. So, anyhow, AJ, happy birthday, buddy. 41 years old. And, man, he ain't never been better. Never been better. Velvet Sky, only 37. Velvet, I gave away neckties that old last week. But happy birthday, young lady. Uh, and she should get medals because she, she has this relationship with Bubba. And, you know, Bubba can't be easy to live with. <laughs> I'm kidding you, Bubba. You know I love you, buddy. But he ain't. I love that show, too. Bubba's doing a hell of a job on radio with Dave LaGreca uh, on Busted Open. Sirius XM, Channel 93. It comes on at 8 o'clock in my house at Central, 8 to 11. That's 9 to noon, I think, everywhere else. I believe it is. Is that right? Yeah. Check it out. Busted Open, Sirius XM Radio. I am a regular listener. Good show. And I couldn't leave this out, man. Uh, Monday, June 4th, would have been Gorilla Monsoon's 81st birthday. God, I love that guy. I probably ought to have a show sometime where I just pick out a topic and and give you everything I can think of about my personal interactions with certain people that I've encountered in the business, whether it be a Bill Watts or or a, a Gorilla Monsoon or some of these larger-than-life guys. That might be fun. Something we'll think about. Something you could suggest to do at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Use that, use that email. Let us know what's going on. Uh, and we, we would, we're, we're listening, I promise you. Producer Ted's on it, man, and he, he gives me all the good stuff. So it's there, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Check it out. Uh, but Gorilla, we've been 81 on Monday. God, I miss him. He was like my uncle. Him and, him and Bobby Heenan were my, my – they led me through the, uh, the jungle that was WWE when I first got there. And uh, they just helped me get indoctrinated and just so wonderful. And I learned so much from Gorilla. I saw a match the other day from, I think it was a Survivor Series, where Monsoon and I were doing the commentary for the uh, Heavenly Bodies versus the Rock and Roll Express. Can't tell you how much fun I had doing that match. Can't tell you. I loved it. And uh, I, I love being around Gorilla. I miss him. I really do miss him. And that's it for birthdays this week, except for one. The 33rd birthday of my guest later in this hour, Drew McIntyre, will be in a few days. We'll talk to Drew about that and his career and much more as the Ross Report rolls on. Look at this! Let's get right to the mailbag. Thanks for joining us uh, on the mailbag and for participating with your questions at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Check that out. Of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at, at JRSBBQ. I'll, I'll take your suggestions there as well, but primarily won't you send your stuff to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Uh, if you got suggestions on you got questions for me, uh, guest suggestions, format suggestions, anything's on your mind, I want you to be a bigger part of this show than you were in my previous uh, incarnation because that's what the great folks at Westwood One will let me do and that they can facilitate in a real cool way. So check it out. Producer Ted will take your emails, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Matt Cooper wants to know, with the acquisition of TV rights by Fox or WWE SmackDown and the lost bid by ESPN, do you think ESPN may reach into uh, one of the other wrestling companies uh, to work with? Don't think so. I don't know. ESPN is going to want a product that's ready to go on the air that looks like the WWE's product production-wise. I don't know anybody else that does that right now. So I would say that 
even though ESPN needs a boost, it won't come from wrestling. That's my take on it. Uh, Brett wanted to know uh, who I think the best villains in wrestling were in the past decade or so uh, because I give the answer that I thought that there were more riots when, when villains had more steam, more heat, more angst, and people paid money to see them get their ass whipped. Now, that's not really the case nowadays. It doesn't seem like, but the best heels, just in my recollection, recollection in the last decade or so, and take so for whatever you want it to mean, I think the best villain in the Attitude Era was Vince McMahon. Mr. McMahon was, was ass kicker. He was absolutely amazing. Ric Flair. How do, you, how do you leave Ric Flair off any any list of any villains? My God. Triple H, hell of a villain. JVL did a hell of a job as a villain. John Bradshaw Layfield made it easy for the fans to dislike him. He could conjure up that personality of that big, loudmouth, Dick Murdoch-like Texan and draw money. And Johnny did a real good job with that for us. Eric Bischoff, a hell of a heel. No doubt about that. Uh, I think uh, uh, Chris Jericho, doing great as a heel. And I had the privilege to work with some great heels myself. Jerry Lawler, Paul Heyman, Terry Funk, uh, Bob, uh, Bobby the Brain. So those are some guys I look at that are there that are, have to stick on that list. This from uh, Dashing Drew, if that is your real name, in Tennessee, uh, wants to know if my wife, Jan, uh, was a big fan of wrestling and if she watched the TV shows. Absolutely. And she'd comment on outfits and shoes and how somebody looked and how the girl's hair looked and their outfits and, and the music. And she didn't, she wasn't a great connoisseur of wrist locks, but she loved the business and she loved the people more importantly in the business. They were our family. And, uh, with her gone, the WWE family has taken up a big space in my life, which I am very grateful. And, uh, so there you go, uh, dashing Drew in Tennessee. By the way, Drew, if you're in the Knoxville area, in mid-July, I think around July 12th, I'm going to be in Knoxville to support uh, the next mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. Kane, the son of a gun who burnt me like a barbecued rib one time. <laughs> so uh, if you're in Knoxville, keep that in mind. July 12th, I'm there to support Glenn Jacobs as, as he's going to be the next mayor of Knox County. Last question here. Uh, the guys, uh, this is from John uh, Geis. John's wondering... How to make triple threat matches more interesting because he's getting tired of them. I can dig that. You see them on a regular basis. They're not special any longer. The only thing I would say that might spice them up a little bit is to have elimination rules. Those rules where if you, you lose, you leave, and the match continues, there's one guy left. So that gives you a better story to tell, I think, than the old, uh, you know, uh, the concept of how those matches are executed nowadays. Maybe elimination reels but primarily having less of them will make them better and that's the mailbag for this week i'll tell you folks i'm excited about our guest this week i think you will be too locked to ground to cover with drew mcintyre hey lad jr here man how are you i'm fantastic what about yourself good good you sound like you're getting ready to audition for a beast stew commercial or something with a plaid shirt and Logger boots, little toboggan, big beard. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a Scottish accent. It's taken a few years to get to be even to to sound like this. A little more clear. Obviously, our accents uh, one of the thickest accents of the world. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you remember one of the first conversations that you and I had uh, way back in the proverbial day? And you asked me for some critiques or advice or what have you, and 
And, you know, I tried to find things that were wrong. And I said, the only thing I can see you really need to work on is your diction. Because you got to be able to speak clearly to the largest audience that they serve, and what's is North America, basically. English-speaking people, that's what I'm saying. I remember that very well. And I also remember not long after Mr. McMahon telling me, we're going to get you elocution lessons. And I took those elocution lessons. And to be honest, it benefited me in real life as well, because I was getting very sick of every single person in America saying to me, what, what, like Stone Cold after everything I said. <laughs> yeah, it's a... It's, it's challenging. You know, uh, I'm going back to the UK. I know you guys are too. I'm going back later in June for uh, uh, Inside the Ropes. And our Glasgow show, by the way, in your, your neck of the woods there, has like seven tickets left. So uh, we're doing really well with that. But the first time I was in that, that area, I really I was doing that all night long on the Q&A. I'm thinking, I've either I drank too much of their whiskey or I just – can't get it. I don't know. What, I need an interpreter. So it's, it's yeah, the, have, the dialect can be thick. <laughs> yeah, can be. Yeah, thick. like I'm from the same town as like uh, I know you've heard of Grado. Yeah, and Noam Dar. We're actually from the same town. If you listen to Grado talk and the way I talk, it's like night and day. But the accent uh, difference, like he's a very thick accent, uses the slang, and uh, yeah, it's a very difficult accent to understand. It has taken me 11 years now. I've lived in America, but I think we're just about there. Oh, yeah, you're doing, doing a lot better. I was looking, doing some research for uh, our conversation here today, and I'm thinking, man, uh, oh, uh, Andrew McLean Galloway the fourth in the territory days would have been one of the greatest heel names of all time. Andrew McLean Andrew Galloway the fourth, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my real name. I'd be marching I, out in a kilt. Yeah, as stereotypical yeah. as possible. Yeah. I'd be drinking a lot more beer. I'd get a big barrel chest, a big barrel barrel gut, beating everybody <laughs> down, getting nice and hairy. And by the way, uh, uh, happy early birthday. Your 33rd birthday is next week, correct? Uh, it is. Don't remind me. When I first oh, got good. signed, I was 21 straight from university from Scotland. I was 22 when I came to America. When I was first on SmackDown, now I'm turning 33 next week. Unbelievable. It's been a hell of a journey for you, hasn't it? Oh, it's been unreal. That wouldn't change a thing with all the ups and downs that got me to where, where I'm at right now as a performer and as a man, but it's been wild. But the book's going to be crazy under that much. Why do you think, Drew, that on your first go-around, again, like by your own admission, and, not, and I was just doing common, using common sense, you were younger. I don't know if you are bigger, uh, but you are certainly younger, maybe more flexible. Heck, I don't know. But the youth is the thing you can't, you can't manufacture, uh, but what, what's the primary difference or what do you think, uh, was the difference in you leaving, uh, when you were first in WWE and, and coming to America, what were the things that you had a problem getting over the hump? So, cause there might be some other guys that are going to, you know, my, our show is listened to by a lot of the boys and the ladies and, uh, and a lot of them are young and a lot of them are in the Indies. I get that. I get texts or, or tweets and stuff all the time. Uh, What's the difference this time over the last time? I mean, this time for sure is, uh, you know, maturity, I guess, more than anything. Like I came straight from university. I was still a student. I came straight from my parents' home. Like I got to, to OBW first and then suddenly my laundry wasn't doing itself. It was just piling up. And then these magical things called bills were appearing that I never paid in my life. And, you know, it was a bit of a culture shock coming to America also. So, you know, it was very much i was plucked from scotland and dropped in the deep end uh, these days it's a lot more of a smoother process for everybody yeah. and 
yeah, it was very difficult to acclimate at first. And, you know, the style was very, very different also. These days, as you know, the UK scene is a fantastic scene. The level is very high, but we were not very good back in the day. The level was very low. We were just starting the scene. I was trying to figure out the American style. You know, I was trying to figure out my life. I was very, very immature, and I had a long way to go, you know, as a man. And uh, basically the time that I got released was the first time I was in charge of myself. I went from my parents' home to WWE looking after me. And then when I got released, it was, okay, I'm looking after myself. It's sink or swim time. And I really grew up and learned how to look after myself. I learned how to be, you know, a professional in my job, how to be a true top guy. And, you know, my wife will tell you, she helped big time that I really changed as a man and really, really grew up. And that's the biggest difference of all is, you know, I went from a boy to a man. Yeah. Good story. And, and it's a, it's proof if you steer the course and you don't, you know, I always said this, somebody will say, Jerry, how much longer are you going to work? Well, uh, I'm like Lawler. I'll work when I'm, when I'm stopped, when they stop booking me, you know, that's the old, that's the old, old school. Uh, you know, I asked a lot of that. I, he's the one that gave me that quote. Hey, King, how long are you going to wrestle? He's 68 years old. He wrestles almost every weekend. And he loves it. Yeah, 100%. And that's and the thing lo- as well. Like in today's age, like we live in like the social media age. When I got released, I got some advice from people and they were telling me, you know, take what you did in WWE and just you'll get bookings and you'll make, you know, a certain amount and that'll be your wage going forward. Eventually the money will come down. You'll find a wage you work at and that's how you live. You just keep taking those small bookings. And I thought, I'm not that guy. I've got bigger plans for myself. I'm going to use social media. I'm going to reinvent myself and I'll make myself the biggest star in the world because I believe in myself. And just having social media, having that belief and making myself the busiest wrestler in the world and having that drive is really what took me to the point where WWE came to me and brought me back. You know, that felt really, really good, I guess, just to really put that hard work in, have that faith in myself and be rewarded in that way. The WWE actually came to me and brought me back eventually. What role did... William Regal play in, in your return, was he ever a, cause he always strikes me and I, 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 you know, helped bring him to WWE and we went through some challenging times and, uh, there's nobody in the business. I really respect more than, uh, uh, Darren Matthews, uh, at William Regal, Lord, William Regal, sir, William, whatever the hell his title is this week, but did, was he ever a mentor in that position in your life or your career? Oh, hundred percent. The whole time I was gone, I was gone for three years. You know, he was always there for advice. We'd always uh, speak back and forth. And he always kept an eye on everything I was up to. And then when the time came, when my TNA contract was up, my wife and I uh, decided not to resign. And we are trying to decide the next step. You know, we are thinking, is it Japan? You know, where are we going to go? You know, he was the one that said, all right, you need to have this conversation with Triple H because we think now is the time to come back home. He got me on the phone with Hunter. We spoke for 30 minutes, and I knew at the end of that 30-minute conversation, you know, it's time to come home, and, you know, he is the reason that I'm back right now. Yeah, a good a good rehire. And the fact that you were able to reinvent yourself is uh, very admirable. I don't think enough people in society are willing to do that. Uh, sometimes our own egos don't allow us to take a step or two backwards to, to be able to reconvene and take several forward uh, when we get restarted. So I, I applaud you for that. And I think it's going to lead to great things. Look, I'm watching, you know, in the last month, uh, and maybe when they put you with, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and I only say that because it created a story. And before you got with Dolph, I don't recall, and maybe it's my bad, any major story that you were in. 
uh, but this actually puts you on the radar and there's enough intrigue from the, from the regular fans saying, well, are they going to go all the way with these guys? Are they going to be the champions or, or is uh, Drew going to turn on Dolph? Is Dolph going to turn on Drew? Whatever it is, at least they're talking about you guys. And so I think that putting you with a Ziggler was probably pretty timely for you. Oh yeah. I love it. Like I got told about it when I got to the TV that day, you know, I didn't quite know what was going on. Obviously I was a, a singles baby face in NXT that when I was champion there and I came back and I was going to be you know, leaning towards more of the heel side with Dolph and with Dolph, somebody I go way back with. And I was really looking forward to working with them. And like you say, the way things have gone thus far, people are asking a lot of questions. You know, a lot of people are jumping way ahead and I appreciate all the positive things everybody's saying, but let's just remember the 52 weeks of TV a year. Let's just take yeah. our time, introduce the casual audience who Drew McIntyre is now. And trust me, we're going to get there. It's going to be a fun journey. Well, you know, not unlike any other pro sports uh, endeavor or entertainment entity, it's a, it's a, it's a game of what have you done for me lately? You know, nobody really cares about remembering that you were, what were you, the U S champion or intercontinental champion at one point? Intercontinental champion. That's a pretty, that's not, that's not a throwaway by the way. It's a pretty big deal. And tag champions, right? You're tag champion. Yes. With Uh, Cody. Yeah. So, uh, not, not a throwaway, but. Nobody wants to reminisce about Drew's time a decade ago. It's all about what's Drew going to do for me now. And I just see, uh, the opportunity is there's an interest in your, in your character and your persona. And, and I think there's a curious thing because you're not being shoved down people's throats. You and uh, Dolph are getting, are maximizing your minutes just like you did this week on, on TV when you had the singles match with gay ball, which I thought was, uh, a pretty good match. I, I think he's Gable might be being underutilized to, to some degree in the eyes of many, but I thought you guys had a real nice match and you, and both of you were better for your personas after it was over. Uh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. You know, Chad is a great, great performer with so much potential. And as is the thing, like it's, everything's an opportunity. I see a lot of guys, you know, seeing they've only got a few minutes and they think, well, what am I going to do in that? I tell them every single moment you get at the show, anytime you get on Monday night, freaking raw is an opportunity. You figure out the story. You tell that story, no matter how much time you get. And I wanted to take that time to show that Chad has got some fire and some balls. We all know he can wrestle. You know, he's what that Olympian wrestler. He's a fantastic wrestler, but the best baby faces can sell. They got fire and they got balls. And I told him, I ain't going to out wrestle you. Said, I'm going to fight to get out of your wrestling. I'm not just going to reverse holds on you because you're an Olympian. Mm. When the time comes, I am going to smack you. And you better knock my dick into the dirt. I want to see some fire from you or I'm going to beat your ass. And he stepped up and I felt like we told the right story. He came across better for it, like you say, and I came across as dangerous. And that's the story we want to tell. And everyone needs to be thinking that way if you get an opportunity on Raw. No matter what it is, don't blame creative. Don't sit there with the poo-poo face. You figure out the story and you tell the story. Because there's other people waiting at NXT to take your spot if you're not willing to step up on Raw. Well, I uh, I think your, your attitude is... Uh, is much needed, you know, because here's the thing, uh, you could not have said what you just said to me that you, you and your, uh, you and uh, Chad talked about, uh, when you were first at WWE, it wouldn't have gone over. He said, who are you kid? I mean, uh, well, you know, 100%. what have you done for us lately? Now, now that you've been you there, you had accomplishments there. Things didn't go according to plan. Hey, that's happened to all of us. Not a big deal. There's there always, as long as there's tomorrow, it's not a big deal because you can, you can resurrect 
uh, in many things, relationships, you know, how you eat, how you train, how you talk, how you walk, oh, nine yards, how you look. You can always change if you have the desire. And you had a great desire. And I think right now, I think that, I don't know how the locker room overall, there's, there's some guys there that have had uh, experiences, Drew, but, you know, you never get too many leaders. You never get too many uh, bull of the woods, as old Dusty would say, in your locker room. And do you see that this locker room is, has got those kind of guys in it to a degree, or is there room for more growth in that area? Yeah, there, there are the guys, but there is certainly room for more growth. Like um, the things I'm saying, you know, is that there's a lot of truth to what I'm saying, and that's probably why people are feeling them. That's probably why they're saying, you know, when Drew talks, you know, I can kind of feel it. It feels real. It's because I do believe a lot of what I'm saying. I did get released. It was the best thing that happened to me because I finally got reignited that fire, that passion. I had to sink or swim, and I understand that Raw is the best show in the world. It's the best product in the world. It's evidenced by the TV deals we're currently getting and the consistent ratings. We have the best talent in the world, but also we have five hours of Raw and SmackDown every week. And as good as a lot of it is, there's a lot of filler in there. There's a lot of guys just sitting around, just not, uh, they don't have the passion. It's as simple as that. I can say it because I was that guy. Before I got released, I was that guy. I'm disappointed in myself. I wasn't working my ass off to get to the top. I wasn't bettering myself in the gym. I wasn't pitching stories. I wasn't trying to be a better performer. And I think people forget that they're in WWE and they've become complacent and they just, you know, it makes me sick because you've seen the independent scene right now. You know how much talent there is out there. I was the NXT champion. I know how much talent is there. They've got the fire in their eyes. They're ready to take those spots. And I'm there to make sure that the Monday Night Raw is all killer. We don't need any filler anymore. It all trickles down from the top. Like the whole industry, Monday Night Raw needs to be killer from top to bottom. And right now, no, there's room for improvement, and I'm there to be the wake-up call that it needs. Do you have a better? Uh, oh, yeah, it's probably a loaded question because I think I know the answer, and I think everybody else probably does too, based on what we're hearing. You obviously seem to have a much better relationship as far as communicating with the decision makers in the company now than you did on your first tenure. Am I right on that? Oh, 100%. I think I was so nervous to go talk to you know Mister McMahon himself or Hunter or basically anybody. You know, I was, as I said, I was a kid. I felt like a kid and I was so intimidated. I was a lifelong fan and I was like, my goodness, I'm a WWE. I'm just happy to be here. I don't want to go and, you know, stir the paw or ruffle any feathers. Now, as I say, I went away. I became a businessman. I built my business and WWE brought my business in and I want to be successful in my business and in turn make WWE successful. How do I do that if I don't have a relationship with the people in charge? It sounds so simple saying it. And hopefully any other guys in the roster are listening to me right now. Because it took me a while to get there, but you have to start thinking this way. If you want to be in like the top of the show, which you should, if you want to be champion, you need to look yourself in the mirror and be accountable. Are you giving everything you can? Are you try to build those relationships. Are you doing everything? And I can assure you, a lot of people aren't. And I'm not going to be shy to start telling people that time goes on because honestly, I've been in the room, the locker room with the Undertakers, the Mysterios, Christians, uh, even Rick Flair when I was 22, and I don't know if all of them would be happy the way the locker room is these days. Really? That's interesting. Well, hey, societal changes are uh, inevitable in every entity, in football, acting, movies, movie making, uh, everything, including our business. Uh, I There are things that are happening in our business that I'm not a fan of. It's not because they're not wearing wool tights, they're not wearing black short boots, Uh, or whatever it's because i think that some of the talents are doing things that potentially 
have a, a, a distinct odds of shortening their careers. And I also think that there are so many indiscriminate bumps, especially those on the apron and those on the floor in, 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 uh, in strong rotation, like a like a, if I was a disc jockey, yeah, the, the Rolling Stones are in strong rotation. Or this guy's a, you know, you got you got your stars. Well, these guys, some of them are taking too many bumps, in my opinion, because all of a sudden, it's what have you done for me lately again? And what's a, can you do a bigger bump than that? Can you risk your life a little bit more fervently? I think that's a mistake with some of the boys, and they're taking shortcuts to get the crowd to quote unquote pop. Instead of wrestling for the pop, they're they're trampolining for the pop. Yeah, and I I could certainly agree with that. And I'm somebody who has taken a risk twice and gone injured twice, like with my bicep. Um, it's a like a move I probably shouldn't have done at my size, and it cost me dearly. And it will never happen again. I can assure you. Well, I saw uh, the uh, that, the last one. I saw the last one. And hey, look, what you did there, you didn't overthink anything. It's just. It, it seemed to be routinish until, until you do the geometry. You're too damn big yeah, to something. The timing was off and just the size difference. The timing had to be perfect. And because the timing didn't go perfect, I ended up with a torn bicep. That's what happened. I should have you know, thought it through or did something where I'm in control of my own body. Um, but it is true. Like, people need to think, you know, is this sensible to do? And like, I'm not saying like a bit pointed it in like, because like I'm a big believer on live events and TV. I, would, I expect everyone to wrestle just as hard no matter what show they're on now, you've seen me in shows with like a few yeah. hundred people or a couple of thousand people yeah, yeah, i wrestle yeah. just as hard in front of a couple of hundred as i do in front of wrestlemania so you gotta build those foundations that's how we get the crowd back the next time is working hard from start to finish and I'm, that's what i'm talking about as well but i say people you know just not giving it their all they're going to live event and they're phoning it in remember we got to go back to that town they remember who you are and it's affecting the whole show i expect them when they bust their ass but i don't expect them to be dangerous and I also expect people to think before they tweet. That's the other thing about social media. As good as it is, as much as I used it to build my reputation outside of WWE, you know, people are just like affecting themselves. It drives me crazy. So they're believing all the positive comments, retweeting the positive comments, they're responding to trolls. Stop living in the fake world. Get back to reality and use it for what it's there for, is to promote your business. Do you think that... It uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is. It is. It's, hey, times are changing. And old OGs like me and, and guys that have been around the block as like you have, you know, we got to be willing to change to that to some degree. In other words, I would have never suggested that you change your entire in-ring bell-to-bell game. There are things I would have taken out. You've already identified one of them. Uh, there are things I would probably put in more of because Bill Watts told me years ago, and I think I used to think he was just patting himself on the back, that big athletic men – and that was before the the uh, amazing uh, growth of the women's side. But he said he always thought that uh, super heavyweight athletic guys would always be booked, kind of what he told me, meaning that their their skills, their size, all that com- combination was coveted by promoters in the territories. Well, I know that you know Vince likes big guys that are athletic and that look like they're the real deal. You fit every all that that criteria. So I'm believing that somewhere down the road, there's a plethora of main events. And of course, I, I, I'm wondering, is there somebody at the top of your list? I mean, is it, Le- every, when I talk to guys, it's usually Lesnar everybody wants to work with because they know there's, there's a payday waiting. I see this as a bigger deal than a payday, Drew. I see this as a whole different ballgame because whoever pa- Lesnar passes a torch to, if the match goes uh, you know, in a fundamentally sound way, 
Uh, you talk about being a made man, boy, if you, if a guy can't get over and stay over with that in his resume, I, I got to wonder, you know, he might need to do something else for a living. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, there are plenty of guys that I'm looking forward to working with. And like, when I say all these things, you know, I don't have to name names. Like if I'm talking positive, if you think I'm talking positively about you, I am, you know, you're doing the work, you know, you're putting the time. And if you think I'm talking negatively, you just got to look in the mirror and you know, but guys, like I personally, I'm looking forward to get in with, you know, the other week on Raw I from the UK, when Braun Strowman and I stepped in the ring together, I could literally feel the crowd starting to rumble. And I'm just back. I've still got some equity to build with those, those casual fans. But just from a visual perspective, I could feel them rumbling. And I was like, wow, this could be something really yeah. good down the line. And, you know, like you, you, at Roman, like he works his butt off. Because another guy I'm looking forward to getting in the ring with. Rollins is killing it every single week. We get the opportunity, we're going to tear the roof off. And that's just a few obvious names. Like our guys are absolutely busting their butt. Yeah. I'm looking forward well, to a, The cupboards aren't bare there by any stretch of the imagination. And thanks to the efforts of Paul Levesque and, and uh, William Regal, you know, and others, uh, others too, obviously, the big team that does uh, create such success. Uh, there's the, the cupboards are not bare in WWE on any level, quite frankly. And, and the advent of the women's situation is amazing. Now, I'm not asking you to name any names. I'm not, this is not a dirt show. I don't need to give you the biggest scoop in the world. All these uh, you, people can listen to the podcast and they'll make up something for you that they believe to be true, uh, and that they want to pass themselves off as knowing all this inside, deep inside information that that might actually be factual. More often than not, it has some cracks in the armor. But uh, I see it I, all I, the time. Headlines yeah. aren't true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> no, I digress. Yeah, I, but I'm wondering. Uh, uh, do the boys, what's the boys feeling? The guys, uh, what are the, what's their overall, uh, uh, attitude toward the advent of women? And let's face it last, uh, Monday night on raw, was it raw or SmackDown that the women, uh, yeah, they closed, they closed the show. Now I remember when uh, we had. I think Lee, I think it was Lita or maybe uh, Trish rather and either Lisa Verone or, or Lita. I can't remember, but I think Trish is in the mix. Uh, and I apologize to that ladies. I'm old. Sorry. Uh, but they, they were the first I recall closing raw on uh, with a singles match. You know, they've been tag matches and stuff like that, but singles match that was now it's not unusual at all for a woman to be in the crossover crossing over the hour. Are closing the show. What do the guys think about this development? Oh, all the guys are very positive about it. There is not one person that I don't think thinks that way because we would quickly, you know, call them out and weed them out because the girls work just as hard, if not harder, than the guys. And like the times have changed, <laughs> like big time. Like back in the day, if you positioned after a women's match, you know it was going to be a different feel from the crowd. You were kind of going to let the crowd maybe come down a little bit, you know, because it was obviously a different attraction they were watching. And they were going to come back up for your match. That is no longer the case. Especially <laughs> when I was in NXT, if I was following the girls, if I was following Asuka and Ember Moon, I knew it had my workout cut out for me because they were going to steal that show. And it's just the same on Raw. It's just the same on SmackDown. You know, they're working just as hard, having like equally good, if not better matches. I was in the crowd, the mania, and I watched Asuka and Charlotte from the crowd. It was phenomenal. And like, they are absolutely killing it right now. They deserve it because I've been watching over the years from when I started training how hard like some of the women work and weren't getting their just due. And now they're getting their due, and they absolutely deserve it. And I'm proud of all of them for just working yeah. their butt off. Me too. I, 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 had a, I had a strong belief in that whole genre uh, 
back when I was uh, working in talent relations and, you know, we, we were able to build a nice roster there, to, with, you know, the, to say the least, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, Jackie Moore, Trish, Lita, Molly Holly, Ivory, Hall of Famer. So those ladies really did a great job of opening the door. But these women today have run through the door, tore the door off the hinges, and are doing a phenomenal job. I have never seen, and I think it's, it's, it's an infectious thing. I think timing for the women is just right. The WNBA, doing better. Women's college basketball, that's a hit. Uh, I'm going to watch the Oklahoma Sooners play this week in the college world, uh, softball world series here in Oklahoma city. Uh, they'll be televised globally. So people are interested in women as long as they know their story. And that's the thing about your situation is we need to know more of your story. And uh, I'd like to see, uh, you do some vignettes where I can, I, I didn't know you had graduated from college with a degree in criminology until I did my research. I think that's an interesting point. Thank you. Yeah, my agreement with my dad was since I started wrestling at 15 and I was full-time on the road during my school, summer holidays and school breaks, there was I would stick at school and finish my degree so long as I was doing the wrestling. And thankfully, I got signed in my last year of criminology, so it all worked out perfect. Yeah, I got it. that's good. Well, and it's working out well now, Drew, and you deserve it. You know, coming to America from uh, as a student, gra- just graduated student who had never lived really away from home, uh, and you, then you're faced with all these uh, new challenges, as you mentioned, and not notwithstanding the social uh, climate of America, of uh, uh, the the smaller cities. You went to OVW, right? Uh, yeah, I was there for the last six months of OVW, and they yeah. put me on the road in my third week in America. I think I was the fastest guy ever to go to developmental. The writers happened to be there that day. Bruce Pritchard and Michael Hayes were there that day, and they needed a body, <laughs> and I guess. But what about that kid? So I just got to America three weeks prior. I've been watching WWE at my university four weeks prior, drunk with my friends. And suddenly I was backstage at catering, sitting in front of Vincent Mann, looking around at like <laughs> The Undertaker, etc., walking around thinking, what the hell is going on? Is this normal? It was not normal. The boys were very annoyed. The, uh, uh, the guys that are listening here, and you know, Drew's figured out a way to communicate. Uh, that's a real key in life with your spouse, your significant other, your kids, uh, buddies, communication is a hell of a gift to have. And I've always suggested to talents, uh, when they come in, I said, okay, now I'll give you one piece of advice. You know, the reg- the regular r- house rules, right? You know, on time, work hard, be straight, you know, do your best, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but the key thing is if you have the opportunity to, uh, go one-on-one with Vince, uh, I, this is advice you should keep with you forever. Uh, do not confront only converse. And if you do that, you'd be surprised at the relationship that is built, the trust that can come about. And you got to have trust to have a good relationship, professional or business or uh, personal. <clears throat> so you can converse or you can confront. And I don't like the latter. So you learn that. And you know, not that you work, you confronted him, but you figured out how to communicate. It's just respectfully, professionally, and bring something. Well, I don't like how I'm being pushed. Okay, what's your, what's your idea? Well, I don't have any ideas. That's your job. Oh, okay. Well, you're the independent contractor who's paying his own expenses on the road, uh, you know, who's uh, renting his car and driving and, you know, all this stuff. You know, you should have, I'd want, I'd be, I would want to have a hand in my money. 
and I can make more money if I get over. So how do I get over? I need these tools, Vince, to get over. Can I get these three tools to work? Or do you have three other tools? Because I don't care how I get over. I just want to get over. Basically the bottom line, sure. right? 100%. So when you're, and when you're dealing with them, just uh, be confident, be humble, just be a good person. There's things that seem so simple, but yep. really, <laughs> some people really are. aren't so simple <clears throat> and just have, like you say, just ideas in your head, like just get to know who you are. Like if you're on raw and you don't know like who you are, like where you want to, to get to and how you're going to get there, you need to sit down and figure that out quick. Because if you get the opportunity and present you with those questions and you don't have an answer, that's you know, a wasted, big, big wasted opportunity if you're in front of the man himself. I love the talent. I always will till they might, as Heenan would say, my final dirt nap. Uh, but sometimes the boys, uh, and that's, that's kind of a unisexual term because it means everybody, uh, the talent are their own worst enemy. I, I remember uh, we had a great deal one time, Drew, in Baton Rouge at a, at a hotel on Airline Highway. It was near all the, the cheap buffets, Chinese buffet, all-you-can-eat two ninety nine, you know, all that good stuff. And so it was a great place for the guys. I think the rooms were like $8 a day. And the owner or the managers love wrestling. They get them tickets for the Baton Rouge show, <clears throat> pardon me, every Wednesday night. And so the, uh, uh, Terry Garvin was working his last date there. It was a loser lead town match with cowboy Bill Watts. It might've been a handicap match, but it might've been Terry and Jimmy Garvin against cowboy. I know I refereed it because I was driving Bill around. Uh, and I, and the, and the, as the story came out later in the day, uh, we got kicked out of the hotel because when the maid went in to make up the, they went to the, the room had already been made up, uh, in Garvin's room. So he decided to play a rib and take a giant dump uh, in the bed and then put the, and then cover it back up like the bed had never been slept in. Well, you know, of course, somebody got a terrible surprise when they checked into that room and they looked at the records and it's one of those, one of them damn wrestlers and, uh, they're in our hotel deal. So more often than not, the boys screw them boys more than the office or the writers or whatever. I believe we're in a world where we need to take a, uh, ownership of our shit quite frankly and if we can't do that man don't then then rent don't own 100 percent. that's one of the reasons like um you know i've cut out the you know the drinking and the party and like my first run like uh, my stories will live forever when some of the guys now ask me to come hang out whatever i just tell them just you'll hear the stories like you know i've had that had that run i'm done with it now German independent run the first couple of years i was still at it and you know icw in scotland we were really you know, killing it in the ring and going crazy outside the ring. I'm not proud of it. We were banned from every bus company in the UK. And I got hurt at one point and had a conversation with my wife. And she told me, like, look how well you're doing. Just imagine if you cut out all the negative crap in your life, how far you would get. And I really took it to heart. And I just cut out the drinking. I started getting better at my diet, my training. I saw the drastic transformation in my body. And like she said, I was doing so well already, but it went to the next level. And I was back in WWE in six months. I was NXT champion in 10 months. And it's really made such a difference in my life. I feel so much better physically, mentally. And yeah, like I can't, like I can look myself in the mirror and say I'm giving it everything I've got. There's no weak areas in my game now because I took out all the negative crap. The thing that guys got to understand is uh, they got to learn nutrition. They got some guys, including myself, need to learn how to eat and eat in a healthy way regularly. Uh, I think that's really important. And uh, that There's all these nutrition companies. The supplement companies that pre-make the meals now, there's really no yeah. excuse anymore. 
Do you like, use I was talking a, to Hunter recently about it, like just about you know, staying healthy on the road. And like I got a little bit bigger when I was injured. And a couple of the guys, it was Michael Hayes, said, I oh, wish you get back on the road. And I was like, ah, we well, no excuse these days, but we can bring a cooler on the road. We can bring our meals. You can ensure you keep that diet. And, you know, like I was very, you know, figuring it out. I was always in shape. I was always in the gym, but I never figured out the diet until I had somebody who kind of sending me the meals if you like and they're not expensive just cost as much to make them at home and if you're on the road full time there's an easy way to stick to a diet it makes such yeah. a difference and if you look at Jinder Mahal there's a big example right there of somebody who came back to the company as just another body he had the brand split and um, he was just another guy and he saw this as his opportunity he wasn't doing all the things I was doing and got brought back to the company because of that he came back just because he needed a body and he saw the opportunity he worked his ass off in the gym he fixed his nutrition, he worked hard on his progress, he worked hard in the ring, he cut out the drinking, and he made an opportunity. And everyone needs to look at him as the example if they're sitting there backstage. Like, I can't do it, you went away and did all these things. Well, we'll look at Jinder Mahal, he's a tall guy now, because he made that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, he, he committed. And he committed in himself, because you guys are your own product. You're your own entity. Uh, and so you're right about realizing that I'm my meal ticket. I got to take care of me and it's not being soft. It's getting stronger. It's getting harder. It's getting, you know, uh, more flexible. See everything. It's all the investment in the, in the, in the individual and that right attitude. Uh, what kind of attitudes, speaking of attitudes, did the boys have when they heard about the, uh, $1 billion deal from big Fox where, uh, WWE will go on, uh, Fox on, in I think it's in October of next year on Friday nights. Uh, what was the talk on that big money deal? It's excitement, and rightfully so. You know, the uh, industry just keeps growing and growing and just getting to like heights we can never imagine possible. And it's, it always sounded like one of those headlines I read that didn't seem real. And it's so cool that it is. And it's so cool that, you know, uh, professional wrestling sports entertainment has been accepted the way it has been over the past few years. And, you know, it has been proven to be a ratings winner. It's very reliable, and people just love wrestling. They love sports entertainment, and we're very excited and, quite frankly, blown away by the numbers we're hearing about, and it's very, very cool. I'm very proud to be part of a company that's doing such amazing things. And I would be surprised if the numbers weren't very comparable. I, they may already be. I don't know. Uh, from uh, USA, uh, NBC Universal, regarding keeping Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is a cornerstone of that network, and as much as the uh, some – you know, guys in their, in their white shirts and red ties and little blue blazers, uh, won't, don't want to admit it, uh, wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever the hell you want to call it is the, uh, the old dusty roads, bull of the woods, if you will, uh, on, uh, on, on that network. So I got to expect that that's going to be a massive deal. I saw this morning, uh, as I record this, the stock was over $60. That's oh, a hell of a, that's incredible. A, that's big time man that's big time especially when you're an old oklahoma boy sitting here with a, with a bunch of 20 dollars stock you know well, congratulations I, I, on that. I'm digging. Awesome. hey we all worked hard for it and we all went through some tough times and the commitment to from vince to us and us to him and, and my respect my wife and i uh that mcmahon's became family to me and i wasn't the easiest i wasn't the easiest guy to manage to be honest with you i could be a big pain in the ass uh and you know and I'll explain that in my second book, maybe why some of that came about, but, uh, man, I don't have no problem looking in the mirror and saying, boy, JR, you could be a prick. Uh, and you were un, you, you're too spread too thin and your, and your work was everything and your personal life was nothing. 
and I had the best wife in the world. I don't have her anymore, but I had the best wife in the world for 25 years, and, and uh, that was my salvation. She kept me sane, and you talked about your wife several times here. Sometimes we don't give the spouses of the talent enough credit because, man, the weight they carry and the price they pay to be the spouse of a star wrestler in the WWE is immense. 100%. I text her right away when I heard the news because I, I just know how much she meant to you and what a great lady she was. And it was just you know, such a horrible thing. And I was glad to see you're, you know, keeping yourself occupied with a job and that. But, yeah, I couldn't imagine what you were going through. That's what I said in the message to you. It's just unfathomable. And like you say, like they are finding the right woman. To be a rock in this job is not an yeah. easy thing to do. To find no. somebody like that, they can put up in the lifestyle, they can put up, especially social media now, all the things people say and send to you. Well, it takes my, a strong woman to have I was married. than you. I was, it takes I, a strong man to finally grow up as well. Yeah, well, that helps. That helps. I was not, my dad told me one time, I'm not the marrying, he said, son, you're not the marrying kind. And I and that was after, I think, divorce number two. Uh, but I used to blame the wrestling business for my divorces until I walked by the mirror one day and said, Oh, there's that bastard that calls those divorces. The Mr. Uh, Mr. Workaholic who, uh, you know, everything was about his career and that's kind of what it was. You sound grounded. You sound happy. You sound good. Uh, you guys going to, uh, you enjoy going back to the UK cause I know WWE is going back there soon. Uh, and uh, boy, the, I'm going, uh, as I said, for, uh, Kenny McIntosh, Inside the ropes, uh, letter, letter, oh, yeah. letter part Kenny, of month. You'll enjoy that. It's a lot of yeah. fun. The, the inside I'll the be... rope shows are fantastic. Kenny does such an amazing job with it. He's another guy. He was part of a company. He wasn't happy. He left the company, took a risk on inside the ropes, and he's just been absolutely killing it. He's another guy. He's really just been on fire, and you're going to have like a great time when you're over there. I'm going to be play, uh, I'm in Glasgow on uh, Monday, June 25. And they have uh, starts the tour, and like I told you, I think there's when I got the last text from Kenny uh, late last night, uh, it was we had I think he said five tickets left or something. So tickets are going well uh, by and large, but I'm looking forward to it because my Q and A's are just uh, open ended; they're, they're uncensored, and I think that these fans, uh, to compliment these fans in that part of the world, they're very knowledgeable. We see and hear their passion, but there's something else with that. They have a product knowledge that uh, is very seldom surpassed by other fan bases. Yeah, that's, I'm so proud of the UK. Like I said earlier, you know, there wasn't much of a scene when I started. We, like, I had to travel 12 hours just to learn to wrestle when I was 15. Then I helped start the Scottish wrestling scene. I actually grow with myself and Seamus were the main kind of feud in Europe at the time when we came to America. And to watch it grow at the level it was at when I came back, and to be part of the uprising of it, to grow like ICW from 1,500 people when I returned to over 7,000 when I came back to WWE and watch everyone, uh, you know, come as far as they have and, you know, watch the fan base. Just tell everybody you've got to come to these shows. You've got to be part of this. This is something. This isn't an American thing anymore. This is a British thing now. It's been incredible to watch the rise. And when WWE started getting involved, you know, I remember everybody was scared at first, thinking, oh, no, big bad WWE is going to take over what we've built. And it's been quite the opposite. You know, they've helped get it to the next level. We needed something to get it to the next level. And WWE has built household names that are still based in the UK. You can put in a poster. People walk down the street, say, I recognize him from the WWE product, and then go to the shows. And coming up on the 18th and 19th of June, we've got the Royal Albert Hall shows. We've got the second round of the... Uh, 
the UK Championship Tournament. We're going to have a big mm-hmm. tournament, which is a huge success the first time on the first night, on the 18th, and the next night, the winner of that tournament will face Pete Dunn for the UK Championship. And those shows are just going to be incredible. The Triple H and Shawn Michaels will be there. I want to get there. It's on Monday and Tuesday. They're taping, so I'm trying to figure out if I can nudge the boss and borrow his jet to get over there. <laughs> yeah, right. So I want to be part of. I want to be part of, and I just want to tell people like how I genuinely feel. I was there at the beginning. I was part of the modern day uh, British wrestling resurgence. I returned and helped grow it to the next level, and I want to be there right now because WWE's taking it to the next level. They're in the Albert Hall, and it's just such an amazing time to be a British wrestling fan. Absolutely, I'm so, so proud. I tell you what, man, it's a great time for all of us to be a wrestling fan. I don't think there's any better time to be a fan than now. There's a lot of different product. There's a big demand for, for content. Hence a billion dollar deal from Fox television. Uh, and look, it's, uh, that Fox is a monster and it's a big time monster. It's going to be a difference maker in how these talents can be perceived. And if the, if the talents themselves drew really understand the opportunity that awaits them to create something special for their family and themselves with these personas that live forever, man, there's going to be a lot more eyeballs watching what you do for a living. And so if you're going to ever get your game, right, now's the time to get your game, right. Hundred percent. And like I say, it all trickles down from the top, and WWE is on absolute fire right now, and it's just going to benefit the entire industry. So it's a very cool time to be a fan, and a very very cool time to be a performer. Well, listen, buddy, I appreciate all your time on one of your days off. Not many of those. Uh, hang in there. I love your aggression. Uh, I I don't believe that six five guys that are two sixty plus. I'm guessing on your weight, uh, but I was. I, I was a farm boy, so I can I can kind of weigh that beef on the hoof, uh, <laughs> big dudes. So I, they're not finesse guys, but like Cowboy Bill Watts said, athletic big men always sell. So and not in the literal form of selling, but by the way, that doesn't hurt anything either. A six five guy that weighs two sixty has got to sell differently than a two oh five guy. You got to figure it, out how to take yourself out. Make it logical. And make it believable. Oh, I get that. I see what they're doing. So, hey, I'm proud of you, man. I believe you're good. I don't think there's any limits on what you can do there. If you can stay healthy and sane and and just keep getting better because you got to realize none of us are good enough to be able to put it in our comfort zone. we got to keep getting better, man. Uh, and that's just a little thing. And at some point, it becomes all the little things that, that you do to get better that make your whole game complete. And I know you'll put the effort in to do that. And I, I look forward to watching uh, you win one of these big championships one of these days. Well, thank you, sir. And thank you for having me on the show. And I you know, like always appreciate your support. You've always been such a big proponent of mine. And I can't you know, thank you enough. You know, I didn't come back to be just one of the guys. I came back to be the guy. As a soldier, right. I'm going to lead by example. And the top is exactly where I'm aiming. It's never been more open to take a top swan WWE, and I'm going for number one. Out of boy. Listen, thanks for your time. Have a great week. Safe travels to you, and uh, I'm always pulling for you, buddy. Thank you, Mr. Ross. Take care. Speak to you soon. Okay. okay. You know, we always suggest that you leave us a five-star rating here on the show because that's a wacky way that the podcast business is measured uh, by and large in a lot of ways. So uh, five-star ratings are important, including we got 759 of them so far on our new effort here with Westwood One. Uh, Call Stone Cold said so. Great show, hands down. One of the best podcasts available. Thank you very much, sir. Unbiased, straightforward, and a lot of fun to listen to. That's what we look for. Uh, 
B. Stein 86 says, JR, you were the voice of my wrestling fandom growing up. Glad to hear you're still uh, giving a dose of Slobberknocker audio each week. I thank you for listening very much. And I can see you and King at one of those shows upcoming. Hey, come to Nashville on the 23rd or 16th of August or come to join us in uh, Rosemont at the Zanies in Rosemont, Chicagoland on the 23rd. Havoc 50 says, JR is a must listen to every week. God almighty, that's a smart man. Havoc 50. Uh, Pete C. 727 says, topical, informative, and a really enjoyable listen. Highly recommend. Pete, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So, folks, uh, remember to leave us that five-star rating at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your shows, your audio shows like this one. There's some great ones right here on Westwood One, no doubt about that. And don't forget to leave us those five-star ratings as we've been begging you for. Uh, check out the new Westwood One podcast app. It's big news here. It's really slick. It's effective. It's well-designed. You can listen to all our great shows on this mighty Westwood One podcast network, including Eric Bischoff's 83 Weeks, Talk is Jericho, 12360 with my friend X-Pac, OP Radio, and much more. Search Westwood One Podcasts in the App Store and Google Play today. You won't regret it. Remember the UK tour coming up. If you want information on that, go to InsideTheRopes.com. Limited tickets in some markets uh, in Newcastle and in Birmingham. We uh, have plenty of seats left. Need your business there. Uh, I'll be bringing Slobberknocker books to all those uh, shows. I'll sign them uh, for you. So if you haven't got a book and you want one signed, or you got a book and you want it signed, bring it. I'll be happy to sign it. Uh, or we're going to sell you a book, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Uh, we appreciate that. And also, our books are sold at Amazon.com. Uh, the Jim Ross Report, uh, remember, uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com, something to hit us with. Remember that. Uh, Producer Ted likes to hear from you. Uh, and then I want to thanks, thank Drew McIntyre for being with us today. Great interview, honest, open. Uh, I read between the lines on some of the stuff, and depending on what side of the fence you stand on, you might have been offended by some things he said. I don't think so. He's a pro. He knows what he wants. He doesn't want to be a man. He wants to be the man. I say bravo to that. Uh, don't forget www.shop.com for all our sauces and things online, including beef jerky. Uh, Omaha Steaks jumped on this with, with us this week. Things are growing and growing here. we got more sponsors coming aboard. Uh, a lot of big things happening on the, for this show within Westwood One as well. But I'm very proud that Omaha Steaks is with us, and I'm going to eat one tonight just for the, for the hell of it because I feel hungry and I like good food. And don't forget about that big news about smart home devices, uh, Alexa and Amazon. Uh, remember, all you got to do, the first thing is go to Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill. Then the only thing you need to ever do is or ever say is, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. And then for Google, Google Home, uh, you don't need to be added to it by a user. Just say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross report. Okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross report. Or, okay, Google, I want to speak to the Jim Ross report. It's that easy, so uh, no reason not to use it if you can uh, for those uh, interesting little home devices. I think I need to invest in one of those deals. Think about that. Follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. I'm at Facebook and Instagram, Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, again, thank you very much for being with us. We are the fastest growing podcast of our category in the world.
We got we got great competition. There's great shows, including right here on the mighty Westwood One. Pick you out one and download it. Subscribe to it. Leave them five stars. Support the guys that are in the podcast business, all of them. And even though some of the bastards don't want to promote my show, I have been more than willing to promote theirs. And there'll be more on that next week, I promise you. Or as Mr. McMahon would say, I guarantee you. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, remember our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Do something nice for somebody that's not expecting it. It'll make you feel so damn much better. And so until next week, as I ride out of here in the rolling hills of Oklahoma, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying, so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Team Tiger Awesome. I actually have two questions about the, the logistics of Kool-Aid Man. One, does he know what's on the other side of those walls? No. The first one's a two-parter. Okay. How often do you think somebody is crushed by the rubble every time of those walls? <laughs> 25% of the time. He doesn't One care. out of four? He yeah. doesn't care about the letter. All damage. Team Tiger Awesome. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free. Free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.